la música de Harry Fry. Shorty, keep it real, it's better than being perfect. I pull up in the phone, them shooters in suburbs. I see with a stick on me like I'm playing hockey. They done drag me through the mud, but the boys couldn't stop me. Slide through your hood with my head. You know the vibe. You know the vibe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. You ever hear the saying, I had to spin the block? Uh, I had to spin the block. Now, of course, I don't mean that in no violent way, but I had to spin the block. So this Rudy Gobert trade to Minnesota happened a couple days ago. I think I even spoke on it just a tad bit uh, a few days ago. <laughs> but I just couldn't get it off of my mind. And I, I just felt I had to talk about this. <laughs> so that's what this dead this this episode is dedicated to, man. We're hearing trades all over the place. Or potential trades, of course, we talk about Kevin Durant, we've talked about Kyrie Irving, uh, we've heard trades about, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, Uh, we've heard trades galore. And the one that I cannot get my, I can't get over, is the Rudy Gobert trade to Minnesota. And I I just felt I had to come, you can consider this a... a venting episode. The venting episode. Because this all I'm talking about is trades, sort of. I'm talking about this Rudy Gobert trade. And it made me think. Now, there have been some terrible, terrible trades, like, in NBA history. I mean, we can go back to when the Charlotte Hornets traded uh, Kobe Bryant draft night. Uh, the Bucks traded Dirk Nowinski. The, the first player, the real originator of player empowerment, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when he forced his way out of Milwaukee to go to L.A. We can talk about player empowerment all over the place. I mean, we can talk about trades all over the place. And that's what this, this episode is going to be about. It's going to be some of the worst trades I can remember. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the ones where I wasn't alive or where I couldn't really comprehend basketball. I'm going to talk about some, and we're just talking about basketball this episode. I am going to give you just some of the trades in my lifetime that I remember that I just knew was a stupid trade. And we'll talk about it. But first, Mr. Rudy. Let me first say this. For people that don't know the trade, Minnesota... Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz made a trade. The Timberwolves, of course, receive Rudy Gobert, who is a two-time, three-time defensive player of the year, two-time, three-time defensive player of the year, I believe. The Jazz receive Michael Beasley, Patrick Beverly, uh, Lindor Balmoro, Walker Kessler, Jarrett Vanderbilt, and one, two, three, four, five. Pretty much five 
first round picks. Well, four first round picks in a 2026 pick swap. You know, trades like this is why I preach or I preach incompetency. And when I say there are situations in their organizations that just don't know that they're incompetent sometimes. Sometimes you do know. Sometimes you know. You have to know. But there's, there's times where you just can't get out of it. You just may maybe have someone that's stubborn in their ways, maybe have a situation where you think that this next move is just going to erase everything, but it ends up just adding on. It, incompetency is in sports everywhere. I mean, look at the teams that haven't won a championship or haven't won a championship in a while, in, every, in any sport, in your favorite sport, whether it's basketball, football, hockey, soccer, Baseball. Look at those teams that haven't won a championship, a World Series, a Stanley Cup. Uh, look at those teams and think to yourself, are those competent teams? Like, look at. I'm not. I'll just I'll just put it on myself for right now. Look at the Wizards. <laughs> Would anyone say the Wizards are a competent team right now or have been a competent team? Yes, we've had some good players. Of course, we have Riley Bill. We have John Wall. We had Gilbert Arenas. We had Antoine Jameson. We had Karan Butler. We had uh, the pieces. But even with all that, what did it matriculate to? Now, I understand that there are times, like, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that didn't win Super Bowls due to the fact that Tom Brady was in the league. There's a lot of people in the NBA that didn't win championships because LeBron James, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, they were in the league. I get that. There are teams that haven't been close ever to winning anything. But let's talk about this trade. Let me first, let me start with love. (laughs) I know it's kind of hard to say. Let me start with love. Rudy Gobert is an incredible rim protector. He's an incredible defender as far as defending the paint. He's incredible at setting screens. He's one of the best screen setters in the league. There's a reason why he's a multiple-time defensive player of the year. He, he deserves it. I mean, if you look at the, the Utah Jazz when he was on the Utah Jazz, they're always amongst the league leaders in blocks, a league leaders in rim protection due to the fact that they had Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy Gobert averaged 15.6 points a game, 14.7 rebounds. Rudy Gobert is a solid piece as far as, you know, an incredible defender at the rim, an incredible rim presence. He's huge. I mean, he's huge. Pause. But that is where uh, the love stops. (laughs) Let me just go back. Let's just go back to 2012. Let's go back to 2012, and let's look at 
from 2012 to 2022. Let's look at all the NBA champions, shall we? Miami Heat. Oh, let's look at all the my let's look at all the NBA champions that won, and then I will tell you their starting center. Miami Heat. 2012, I believe it was, uh, was that Joel Anthony? 2012, 2013, I don't even know. Spurs. I mean, you had Tim Duncan, but he was, that's Tim Duncan. 2015, uh, Golden State Warriors. I think their starting point guard, I mean, their starting center was Fesses Azili, I believe. Cleveland Cavaliers, Tristan Thompson. Steph Curry, 2017. I mean, not Steph Curry. Golden State Warriors, 2017. Zaza Pachulia. 2018, Golden State Warriors. Uh, I think it was still Zaza Pachulia. 2019, Toronto. Mark Gasol. 2020, L.A. Lakers. Who was the starting? Was it? Uh, I think it was Anthony Davis. 2021, Milwaukee Bucks. Bobby Portis. Oh, no, Brooke Lopez. And 2022, Golden State Warriors, Kevon Looney. So from 2012 to 2022, I just told you pretty much the starting centers for all those teams. Is there anything that you see in common? I do. The center wasn't that important. Outside of 2014, when you had the Hall of Famer, Tim Duncan, one arguably greatest power forward of all time. I think Tiago Splitter was on that team, too. I mean, Tristan Thompson is famous. The, the, he's more famous for his off-the-court off situations than he is on the court. Marc Gasol, 2019, was great. He was really good, but that was pretty much the last time we saw Marc Gasol, like, good. 2020, Anthony Davis, he didn't want to play. He was a hybrid. I mean, Brooke Lopez, same thing, shooting threes. You know, one thing I see in common now with all these centers since 2012 is they had a second gear. They had a second a second punch. Tim Duncan was Mr. Fundamental. He also was an incredible defender. Tristan Thompson, I mean, you had LeBron James. <laughs> that was his second win. His second win is you had LeBron James. Toronto Raptors, Marcus Gasol, he could shoot. He was big. But you also had Golden State falling apart, and you had Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka. Anthony Davis, I mean – is he really a, I mean, you know, it's Anthony Davis. There, There's arguments when he's healthy that he's a top five player of, or top five, top ten player in the league when healthy. Brooke Lopez can play defense, can shoot. And, of course, Kevon Looney. I mean, you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. Then you have this trait. Rudy Gobert for Michael Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Lin, Lindaro, Bolmero. I know I messed your name up, bro. My fault. Walker Kessler, who's a rookie, Jared Valen, Jared Vanderbilt. 
and a whole bunch of picks. First and foremost, shouts out to Danny Ainge. People, t- bro, Danny Ainge gets. This is the second time, in my opinion, Danny Ainge has been on the good side of a horrible trade. Like, horrible. Here's why I think it's horrible. A lot of people are looking at the player and thinking to themselves, well, you're getting an all-NBA center, you're getting a a, a former all-star, and you're pairing him up with another fellow all-star in Carl Anthony Towns. People are saying... You're, you know, Carl Anthony Towns' biggest problem is his defense, and you're pairing him up with the uh, a, a perennial defensive player of the year candidate after winning multiple defensive player of the years in the first place, Rudy Gobert. So they're thinking this is going to do wonders for Carl Anthony Towns. He's, he's probably going to slide to the power forward position, and they're going to make this work because you have defense and then you have an offensive player like Carl Anthony Towns who, at least since he won the three-point contest, has thought he's a three-point shooter like that, so he, he's taking a lot more threes. That's their thinking. I get that. I get it. I understand that. I understand the thinking that – the Minnesota Timberwolves have. The thinking is, you have your best player right now in Carl Anthony Towns. What is his biggest weakness? Defense. And making smart decisions in in very important situations, i.e. the playoffs. He hasn't really done... I mean, you saw in the playoffs against Minnesota, I mean, no, against Memphis, he made some poor decisions. So we're going to pair him with somebody that does all of his strengths. I mean, all of his weaknesses. Defense. Rudy Gobert, multiple-time defensive player of the year. Makes smart decisions. Rudy Gobert don't make dumb decisions in the like in, in the game. So I understand that. So, again, I understand Minnesota's thinking. I really do. I do. But. That doesn't mean that I don't – that doesn't mean that it's not incompetent. And, that, and here's why. Let's go back. Since 2012, let's look at these champions again. Miami Heat. Why did the Miami Heat win the championship in 2012, 2013? Well, they had LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. You know what some of them have in com- most of them have in common? They're not bigs outside of maybe Chris Bosch, but he's a stretch big. San Antonio Spurs, outside of Tim Duncan. Golden State Warriors. You know what? The- Golden State Warriors, let's just talk about their best players. Golden State Warriors, you had LeBron, I mean, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, 2015. And I'm just talking about the, the biggest reason why they won. You, I mean, they they were incredible defensively as well, but you had you know you had that nucleus. 2016, LeBron James, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's a stretch big. 2017, Golden State. You had Kevin Durant. Ain't nobody stopping that. 2018, you had Kevin Durant. Ain't nobody stopping that. 2019, you a, a good defensive team already. You add. Possibly the best on-ball defender in the league when healthy in Kawhi Leonard. Also, Golden State just fell apart. Los Angeles Lakers, 
You had LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a hybrid big. Milwaukee, you had the best player possibly in the league in Giannis. You also had Drew Holiday, you know, P.J. Tucker, Brooke Lopez. I think Serge Ibaka was on that team. And then 2022, Golden State. Steph, Clay, Dre, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. What did I not say? None of those teams won with a big that's not versatile. Outside of Golden State, but you also have Steph, Clay, Dre, Andrew Wiggins, Kevin, I mean, Kevin Durant. You also have the, the 2016 Cavs. With, you have Tristan Thompson. But you also have LeBron, Kate, uh, Kevin Love, and Kyrie. You see, I understand the thinking that Minnesota has. You pair two, two, two all-stars on one team. One of which is a multiple-time defensive player of the year. One of which is a young uh, rising star in Carl Anthony Towns who just won the three-point contest. I get it. But the problem is, let's talk about, let's talk about the NBA first. I understand that some teams like to zig when the rest of the NBA is zagging. And sometimes it works. And it's funny because I don't know when it worked. (laughs) Okay. 2019. That's when it worked. So the league for a while has been primarily offense, primarily focusing on offense. You know, uh, we're going to have the best offensive team. 2019 and, and, and a little bit 2021 when the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks won, that's kind of debunked. However, you had a really good Toronto team defensively with Kyle Lowry, uh, Danny Danny Green, um, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, uh, Pascal Siakam, and then you add Kawhi Leonard. You have the best player, I think that year, Giannis in 2021, Giannis won MVP. No, we didn't. He, Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year, I believe. What I'm saying is this. The Timberwolves are, are are trying to zig when the rest of the league is zagging. And while that could work, it usually does not. And the reason why it usually does not is because you're easy to be figured out. Teams can figure you out very easily. You see, I bigged up. I tried to big up. I tried to big up uh, Rudy Gobert. I did. Let's just, but, but, let's have a serious conversation about Rudy Gobert. 
He's an incredible rim protector. Incredible. Hell, if rim, if it was just about rim protecting, he'd damn near be a Hall of Famer. But look at damn near every single time the Utah Jazz have been bounced out the playoffs. What What is the biggest reason why? Because teams have figured out Utah. And one of the biggest ways to beat and attack Utah is to do what? Attack Rudy Gobert. I mean, Klay Thompson said it. And he had, I, I, they were, Golden State was playing Utah. And Golden State won. And I remember clear as day. Klay Thompson said in the post-game interview, we tried to put Rudy Gobert in every single ball screen possible. So it's like you trade a lot of capital for, I I understand, an all-star, but why? Rudy Gobert, (laughs) the Timberwolves are zigging when the rest of the league is zagging. The rest of the league is getting smaller. The rest of the league is getting faster. The rest of the league is, is focused on shooting. The rest of the league is focused on perimeter defense. When you have to, when you have D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, who both are not defenders, Anthony Edwards maybe a little better than than D'Angelo Russell, but they're both not defenders. And on any any given night, when the league is completely healthy, you got to go against Steph. You got to go against Clay. You got to go against Kyrie. You got to go against Dame. You got to go against Russell Westbrook. You have to go against uh, Jalen Brown. You have to go against Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, uh, Damian Lillard. This is not a smart trade. The people people keep saying, I see a lot of people say, you're talking, you're acting like those picks can't are, are just gonna amount to something. You act like, you know, those you don't know what those picks are gonna amount to. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. You don't know what those picks are gonna amount to. You don't know what the 2023, 2025, 2026, 2027, 2029 first round picks are gonna amount to. You don't know. But one thing I do know is we know who Rudy Gobert is. And we know his limitations are limited. That's another thing. Outside of the paint, he's not good doing anything. He's not good dribbling. He can't dribble. If he dribbles the ball, the defense has the defense had a very successful drive. He has no post moves. Yo, you remember it was against, uh, I think it was against Dallas. That man tried to post up, I believe it was Dwight Powell. And dribbled the ball off his foot. Look, man, I don't have disdain. For Rudy Gobert, it doesn't cause me nothing. I don't. I don't really care. But this, 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 this. 
And then you, you gave up a fortune for this man. You essentially gave up one, two, three, four, five, six, six first round picks because Walker Kessler was a first round pick this year. And, and, and one of the biggest takeaways from all this, as I look here today, I sit here today and I'm looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm thinking to myself, are they any type better than they were before they made this trade? When you make trades like this, you have to think to yourself, who does this benefit? Sometimes you make trades like you, you might trade, for instance, it's not a trade, but one of the big moves this offseason was the Knicks getting Jalen Brunson and paying him like $104 million. Do I think Jalen Brunson, does anybody think Jalen Brunson is really worth $104 million outside? I don't even think the New York Knicks think that the Jalen Brunson is, a, is worth $104 million. But why did they give him $104 million? Because one thing that the nickel the nickels, <laughs> one thing the Knicks have struggled with is maintaining a playoff caliber point guard. And as we saw this year in the playoffs, Jalen Brunson can do that. So you're going to slightly overpay for a player, but he is going to benefit the team. Not saying that Jalen Brunson just puts them in championship cat or championship tier, but. What he does do is he gives you a a a point a playoff quality point guard and a point guard that we've seen at times at least can get every can can make everyone else better. Malcolm Brogdon, same thing. You trade <laughs> one of the biggest reasons that we that, that that the Boston Celtics, in my opinion, lost in the championship was because. They didn't have a point guard that can slow down the ball. They didn't have a point guard that can create easy shots for Jalen Brown. They didn't have a point guard that can create a easy shots for Jason Tatum. And they didn't have a point guard where, where S is hitting the fan, Golden State's on a run, Boston is just taking frantic shots. They don't have a point guard to say, hey, yo, give me the ball, chill out, this is what we're going to do. Marcus Smart is incredible, but he is not a facilitator. He's not a, he is a person that thrives on getting his you know, getting his points, getting his defensive stops, but not really of like helping everyone else. So you trade, you know, trade really pretty much nothing, but you get Malcolm Brockton. He helps with that the team the team psyche. He he gives you that true point guard. What does this all right? So I understand that it helps rim protection. I get it. I understand that this helps, this move, getting Rudy Gobert helps with rim protection for the Timberwolves, but does this make, does this move make Carl Anthony Towns better? I don't think so. Does this move make the Timberwolves playoff? Like, oh, now the Timberwolves are definitely championship caliber. No. And it's not the fact that if you would have made this trade and given up less, I would understand. Because while no, this isn't going to catapult the Timberwolves into playoff, you know, into championship categories, but it does benefit them slightly. But you traded a fortune for a slight benefit, in my opinion. It's crazy. 
It's crazy. Not to mention you're paying like four hundred million for two players. Four hundred million. You see, that's why. Um, hell, to a to a lesser extent, with better players, that's why the 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 Philadelphia 76ers didn't work. And I said this multiple times. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid occupied the same space on the floor because Ben Simmons was reluctant to shoot the ball. His he got most of his points on drives, getting to the rim, doing stuff like that. The problem is when you have Joel Embiid, who isn't the best three-point shooter, isn't the best shooter outside the paint. He can shoot. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's offensively gifted. But when his his bread and butter is the paint, and then you have another person whose bread and butter is the paint, they occupy the same space on the floor, so they didn't work. They couldn't work, especially at the end of games. Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns occupy the same space on the floor. Now, if you want to say that Carl Anthony Towns is then going to start jacking threes, cool. But Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns to be, you know, what they're where they're most successful at occupy the same space of the floor. And just like the Philadelphia 76ers, Rudy Gobert is not the best player or not the best offensive player, i.e. Ben Simmons. The best way to create for Rudy Gobert is to throw lobs or he might get a putback. But if you need to that man to put the ball on the ground, you have one as a defensive team. And if you give up that much, now don't get me wrong, nobody's going to stay wake up, stay up at night because you lost Michael B. or uh, Mikhail or Michael Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler. Like, no one's going to wake, stay up at night. Like, oh, my God. Patrick Beverly, you, you lost Michael Beas- Mikhail Beasley. Malik. Malik, I'm sorry. You lost Malik Beasley. But Malik Beasley, well, Patrick Beverly, like, you're, you're giving up a lot, man. You're giving up a lot for a player that helps you marginally. That's just crazy to me, yo. That is insane. Again, I would understand if he went to a different team. Like if if Rudy Gobert, if Rudy Gobert was on Golden State, that'd be crazy. You give up like James Myers or something. That'd be that'd be crazy, in a good way. Maybe Portland. Well, no, you have Nurkic. I don't. I just don't. To me, that's not a smart trade. Not to mention, let's let's also talk about what this. Let's also talk about what this. Now the changes, especially perimeter wise. You're now you're asking D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards to be better defenders, which they clearly are not. Carl Anthony Towns is now going to slide to the three. He 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 is going to slide to the three. 
Let me just name some of the power. And he's going to slide to the three, and he struggles with the defense, right? So on a healthy, on any given healthy day, he's going to now have to guard Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, Julius Randle, Tobias Harris, Kevin Love, Pascal Siakam, Nikola Vucevic, who's actually a tough, a tough little bucket. I ain't finna hold you. What I'm saying is, I know basketball is pretty much positionless at this point, but you are. <laughs> that's why a lot of people that try to go from one position to another technically really struggle. Like that's why you don't see a lot of power fours going to the small four position. Oh, I didn't even mention Kevin Durant. <laughs> Did I say Giannis? That's why a lot of small forward or power forwards struggle going to the small forward position. Because at that point, now you're guarding players like, or now play, yeah, you're guarding players like Kawhi Leonard. And again, any given day, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. <sighs> what I'm saying is this, man. You're giving up. You gave up a size. This is a seismic move. Trading all those picks, trading all those players for Rudy Gobert. I get you're trading an all. You're, you're trading for an all star. But to me, this this move does not help the team in the slightest. I'm not gonna say in the slightest. This move does not help the team. I mean, it helps defensively at the rim. But when you when majority of the teams strong suit is shooting the ball. What do you do? And don't get me wrong. While Rudy Gobert is an exceptional, exceptional, um, at the rim defender and rim protector, he is porous. He is horrible at defending in the perimeter. Cause he's just too he's too big, he's too lanky, he's too slow. I mean, we've seen you've seen the 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 very famous footage of him getting switched on to Steph Curry. Or him getting switched. I mean, he got there's a he got dunked on by Russell Westbrook last year, by the way. I don't like the trade. I don't like the trade because you give up a lot for your team to marginally be better. Like, I don't expect the Timberwolves to be, to make no playoff noise. Yeah, I mean, you got an all-star. But now you're moving Cat out of position. Now Rudy Gobert and Cat's going to have to figure out how to play with each other. Now you're, he, it's tough. Shouts out to Danny Ainge, man. Speaking of that, I'm going to move forward. Because you didn't think this entire episode was just going to be dedicated to Rudy Gobert, did you? I am not. that. I love myself enough to not dedicate an entire episode to just Rudy Gobert. 
So this this trade had gets me thinking. I told you guys I was going to talk about some of the trades that 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 was just terrible in my opinion. Now I'm not again. I'm not going to go back to 1970 and 1998 or 199. I'm not going to do all that. Like I'm not going to talk about Dirk. I'm not going to talk about Kobe trade. I'm not going to talk about you know. Uh, Walt Will Chamberlain getting traded, Moses Malone getting traded, Charles Barkley getting traded. I'm not. I'm not gonna do none of that. I'm just gonna talk about trades that I remember. You know, trades that I remember when I first saw it. I was like, Yo, what? Side like this is crazy. One team just got fleeced. Let me just let me just put a. Put a put a put a put a sprinkler out there. So in 2010, the Los Angeles Clippers had Blake. They liked that they they were pretty much building a team around Blake Griffin. Pretty much, they they had Blake Griffin. Uh, they had Eric Gordon. They had DeAndre Jordan, and you know, they felt they needed a. A veteran. This is back in what, 2011? 2011. So what do they do? In 2011, they traded Baron Davis, an unprotected first-round pick, to Cleveland. And they got Mo Williams and Jamario Moon. Now, for people that don't remember who Jamario Moon is, he is a glorified dunking journeyman. He All he does is dunk the ball. That's all he does. That's all he does is just dunk the ball. That's it. So that trade isn't crazy. You know, you're trading Baron Davis and an unprotected first round pick to Mo, for Mo Williams and Jamari Moon. That trade isn't crazy until you remember who that f- unprotected first round pick was, which which turned out to be Kyrie Irving. This is back in 2010, I'm sorry. That first round pick, that unprotected first round pick turned out to be the number one overall pick, which was Kyrie Irving. Oh, man. So just imagine, you could have saw Blake Griffin, Gordon, or Eric Gordon, DeAndre Jordan, and... Kyrie Irving. Now, of course, one thing that is a theme in this is you don't know what these draft picks are going to turn out sometimes. But when you have a number one overall pick, you kind of know that there's supposed to be something special. So that's just a filler, you know. You trade a a washed-up Baron Davis for a a veteran in Mo Williams and Jamari Moon with with the protected first, unprotected first round pick, which turned out to be Kyrie Irving. That is just one of those moves like, damn, damn, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. Kyrie, Blake, DeAndre, well, Blake before his body shut down. It's crazy. Now, of course, we know slightly after that, you know, they trade, you know, we know the veto trade, the Lakers and Chris Paul, which then Chris Paul ended up with the Clippers. We know how that went, but bada bing, bada boom. 
Another trade. Let's let's talk about a recent trade. Let's talk about the Lakers trading Kyle Kuzma, Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harold, a first round pick to Washington for Russell Westbrook. 2024 second round pick in 2020 this see this this trade is was horrible from i i felt as a wizards fan i felt spectacular i knew that because i knew what everyone else knew outside of the lakers clearly and that is you're getting a player in russell westbrook that a does not play well without the ball in his hand B does not play is not a shooter. And you're pairing him with a player in LeBron James that A plays best with the ball in his hand. B plays best with shooters around him. Who would have thought that 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 pairing wouldn't have worked? I'll tell you who. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody knew that pairing wouldn't work. And then you give up Kyle Kuzma, who turned out to be pretty good for Washington. Quintavious Caldwell Pope, who turned out to be okay. I know that they did trade him. Montrez Harold. I mean, yeah. And the twenty the 2021 first round pick that I think turned out to be like eleven or something, or ten or eleven. For Russell Westbrook. Again. That trade was bad because it's like, why? Especially when you remember that the Lakers had a DeMar DeRozan trade or DeMar DeRozan signing. They also had a Buddy Hill trade, which both of them would have been 10 times better pairing alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James than Russell Westbrook. So there's that. Let's go to... Let's go to one that I know. This, this, this is the first time, 2008. I think this was the first time I knew, I saw, this is the first time you really heard about um, the league being rigged. So, some backstory. 2008, Kobe was not happy with the organization. Kobe Bryant wanted to get the hell up out of Los Angeles. And... It just, he was, I think he was talking about going to the Bulls. Like, he just wanted to get up out of there. Kobe was done. I mean, he was playing alongside people like uh, Kwame Brown and Smush Parker, I believe. It just wasn't, just wasn't conducive for Kobe, right? And this is this is probably one of the first years where I heard where where you really felt yo know, the league they might be fixed, bro, because in two thousand eight, the Memphis Grizzlies traded Pau Gasol and a second round pick to Los Angeles for Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenton, Aaron McKee, and the rights to Marcus Gasol, who wasn't even well the rights to the rights to Marcus Gasol. Here's why. A lot of people at this point said the league right the league might be rigged. One, Pal, nobody knew Pal Gasol was on the market. No one. Not a soul. Two, Pal Gasol was one of the every while he didn't bloom into Pal Gasol yet. Everyone know he was one of the best young bigs in the league. Three, 
There was nobody on heaven or earth that saw Kwame Brown think to themselves, I'm going to trade for that guy. I need that guy on my team. There was nobody that saw Javaris Crittenton. There was no one that saw Aaron McKee that think to themselves, that trio right there, give him to me. For Now, we know what Marcus saw turned into. We knew that. But that still doesn't just – yo. Do people remember how good Paul Gasol was? I mean, it pretty much assured them two back-to-back championships. That's that's the first time you really heard, yo, the league might be rigged. Like, outside of, of course, the frozen lottery jump with uh, Patrick Ewing. But the league was thinking in 2008, it was like, yo, the, yo, the league might be rigged, bro. Because, again, nobody knew Paul Gasol was on the market. And if – if they if it is to Kwame Javaris Crittenton and Aaron McKee and pretty much Mark Gasol, there was people that had better trade packages. There was a lot of bad trades, like when they traded Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady got traded. Another big one that most of us that watch basketball would know was 2012 when OKC. Here's the thing about this trade, and that is. When OKC pretty much traded uh, James Harden for uh, Jeremy Lamb, Kevin Martin, and two first-round picks who turned out to be Mitch McGarry and Steven Adams. And they all, Houston also sent Cole Aldridge and Daquan Cook and Le- Lazar Hay- Hayward. Here's the reason why everyone knew this was a bad trade at the moment. OKC was just coming off of making it to the championship. They were a very young team. I mean, you you knew they just weren't ready to win. I mean, going up against the Eagles, you just knew they weren't ready. But they had a young stud in Kevin Durant, young stud in uh, Russell Westbrook, and a young stud in James Harden. I mean, James Harden did win sixth man of the year. And you knew that, yo, James Harden, especially in that playoffs. Now, he was terrible in the finals. But especially in that playoffs and in the regular season, you knew, yo, James Harden, he's not going to be a a three, uh, six man for long because of how good he is. And we knew that. Everyone knew that. And I think it was uh, 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 they were either had to they wanted to keep Serge Ibaka. Of course, they wanted to keep Serge Ibaka defense. This, that and third. He was pretty much their best defender, actually by far their best defender. But you trade. But this the, the, the discrepancy, I think, was over like three million dollars. You trade James because because the the OKC just didn't want to pay that three million. I think it would have been slightly over the luxury tax, but you didn't want to trade pay James Harden, who just you that young core just got you to the three or just got you to the NBA Finals, and then you trade from Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, and two first round picks, one of which Mitch McGarry, who I think got suspended and never came back to leave for like weed, and Stephen Adams. Steven Adams turned out to be cool, but James Harden, you knew it was bad. The first game, I think James Harden, and this was like a couple days before the season started. 
a couple days. This was like, I think the season was starting like four or five days before this trade happened. And the first game, I think James Harden drops like 36. Over $3 million pretty much. Now think about think about that. Now we always talk about Sam Presti as being an incredible GM because of all these picks and stuff and how he drafted. But think about that. You had James Harden, who eventually turned into, you know, the beard, uh, NBA, you know, one of the most unguardable offensive players we've ever seen, uh, MVP. Out of there. Which then opened the door for Kevin Durant to be like, yo, I, we're not winning here. We're not. He did win an MVP in OKC, but then he goes to Golden State, wins two finals, or wins two championships, two finals MVPs. Then you have Russell Westbrook, who ultimately wins a championship. I mean, I'm sorry. Wins a, you know, wins an MVP, triple-double king. He's out of there. Mm. For $3 million. And we knew that because Kevin Martin... With the side shot he be doing, no. Jeremy Lamb, both, both. Now Kevin Martin was was tough back in the day. He wasn't James Harden tough, but he was tough. But you traded for journeyman, mm. James Harden. Mm, mm, mm. I'm a Wizards fan. <laughs> So, I don't like bashing my team. Nobody wants to bash their team. You know what I mean? Why would you want to bash your team? Because it's my team. You know, I want significance in my team. But boy, oh boy. When I tell you. That to this day, I can't forgive what the Wizards did in 2009. Oh, and and ironically, it has something to do with the Timberwolves. So, I don't know if you guys remember this, but in in 2008, the Wizards, there was a time when Wizards were really good. When I say really good, not really championship contenders, but really good. This was the team... Just to rattle off some names. This was the team in 2008. Gilbert Arenas, Andre Blatch, D. Brown, Karan Butler, Javaris Crittenton. Goes that name again. Antonio Daniels, uh, Juan Dixon, Brandon Haywood, Mike James, Antoine Jameson, JaVale McGee, Dominique Aguirre, Darius Sangala. I remember that dude, too. Deshaun Stevenson, Eton. Etan Mo or Etan Thomas, I'm sorry, and Nick Young. Now, D. Brown was a rookie. Jafaris Crinton was a rookie. Dominique McGuire was a rookie. And Nick Young was a rookie. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. No. The only person that was a rookie that year was JaVel McGee. Everyone else had one year of experience. So in 2008. We had like an epic, 
battle, I believe, against the the, the uh, what's some people called the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James. Epic, pretty much. And the Wizards thought to themselves, you know, the Wizards were the fifth seed. Cleveland was the fourth seed. The Wizards thought to themselves, you know, we are one piece away. We're we're just a couple pieces away. Which we ultimately lost the series 4-2. And every game that the Wizards lost, they got destroyed outside of game four. Got destroyed. Jesus Christ. So the Wizards thought to themselves, we're just one piece of, we're, we're a veteran away. <laughs> a veteran. Now, this is 2008, mind you. We're a veteran away. And even with our playoff success, we have the fifth. Oh, my gosh. We have the fifth pick in the draft. We're a veteran away. There's no. <laughs> There's nobody in this draft that will put us over the top. Now, what draft am I talking about? 2009 draft. At the fifth pick. We then trade the fifth overall pick in 2009 to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Randy Foy. Oh, no. We trade the fifth round pick. We also traded Darius Angala. We traded Okesi Pesovic, Pesrovov, and Etan Thomas. We trade the fifth pick, Etan, Darius, and Olaski. Olenski. To the Minnesota Timberwolves for Randy Foy and Mike Miller. Okay. Remember, I said the Wizards thought to themselves, we were a player, a veteran away. Two veterans away. In 2008, after losing to the to the to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2008 playoffs 4 to 2 in the first round. They thought to themselves we were a a veteran or two away. So they traded the 5th overall pick. The 5th overall pick. Eton Thomas, Darius Sangat, no, fuck. They traded the 5th overall pick to Minnesota who already had the 6th overall pick. You're probably asking yourself, what did that fifth overall pick turn into? I'll tell you. Don't worry about it. Ricky Rubio. <laughs> now, of course, 2009 draft, saw Blake Griffin, Hashim the Beat, James Harden, Tyreek Evans. So the Wizards had the fifth pick. And it would have been uh, Ricky Rubio. However... Let's go down just a tad bit more. Just, 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 just moonwalk down to the seventh pick, and you see Stephen Curry. Hell, you don't even have to. 
Even if you don't, even if, because I understand hindsight's twenty twenty. Even if you don't like Steph Curry, take a, a moonwalk a little bit further to the ninth overall pick, and you have De, DeMar DeRozan. Even if you don't like DeMar DeRozan, even if you don't like DeMar DeRozan, moonwalk a little lower to the 17th pick, and you have Drew Holiday. Mm-mm. What I'm saying is this. <laughs> the Wizards essentially. Remember I talked about uh, incompetent teams? <laughs> the Wizards traded the fifth, pretty much the fifth overall pick in Eton Thomas to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Randy Foy. Randy Foy, Randy Foy, and uh, Mike Miller. The seventh overall pick in that draft was, uh, you know, Stephen Curry. Arguably the top, you know, arguably the greatest point guard of all time. Some people will say the greatest point guard of all time. Incompetence, man. Hell, it's not even a trade. 2011 draft. Heavy, heavy draft. Wizards had the sixth pick. They pick Juan Vesely, bro. Juan Vesely. This is coming off of Kimball Walker winning a, a, a national championship. You also had Clay Thompson. You also had Kawhi Leonard. You also had Vucevic. It's a Bias Harris. Like, fuck, man. Jimmy. B- Incompetence. Incompetence. So, yeah, that's, that's, I knew. And that's the thing. While all this is going, this is when, that's trade. That trade is when I kind of knew. I kind of felt, yo, there's a lot of NBA people that don't really pay attention to college basketball. Because, yo. <laughs> yo. Steph Curry was lighting it up at Davidson at this time, bro. Steph Curry was going crazy at Davidson. You could have got anybody, bro. You could have got anybody. And you and, and and you trade the pick for Randy Foy, who was never like that ever in life. In Kyle, I mean in, in the NBA. Oh, by the way. By the way, in case you guys wanted to know um, what happened to the Wizards in 2008 or 2009, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Just give me a a second. In 2009-2010, the Wizards finished finished 26-56. Oh, also finished 26 and 56. Give me a second. I'm going to tell you what uh I'm going to tell you what um Randy Foy averaged in 2009. Uh he averaged 10 points a game. How many assists? 10 points a game, 3.3 assists. Let me tell you what Mike Miller averaged on the Wizards. 
he averaged 10, 11 points a game. How many threes? Oh, 11 points a game and four assists and six rebounds. Let me let me just tell y'all. Let me just show y'all what Steph Curry averaged his rookie year. Steph Curry's rookie year, he averaged seven, 18 points, six, re, six assists, five rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lastly, before I go, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets trade. In fact, I forgot that this happened twice. So Brooklyn traded, made a trade with Brooklyn. They, I mean, made a trade with Portland. They traded uh, um, Mehmet Okor, Shane Williams, and the 2021 first, unprotected first-round draft pick for uh, Gerald Wallace, Keith Bogans, Marshawn Brooks, Chris Humphreys, and three first-round picks. I mean, no. No, for they they traded. I'm sorry, they traded. Uh, Portland, Memento Core, Shane Williams, and uh, 2012 first round pick. That they like Gerald Wallace so much. That first round pick turned into uh, Damian Lillard, and of course the infamous one. Brooklyn <laughs> trades Gerald Wallace, Keith Bogans. Marshawn Brooks, Chris Humphreys, and three first-round picks to the Celtics for Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and DJ White. Now, people are asking, why is this trade so bad? Well, one, back-to-back, you lose Damian Lillard. Two, you trade Gerald Wallace, who was actually decent uh, at that time, pretty good. Keith Bogans, Marshawn Brooks, Chris Humphreys, and three first-round picks. So none of them players really care but those three first-round picks. And why do those three first-round picks matter so much? Well, again, hindsight is twenty twenty, so you don't know. But those three first-round picks, my friend, turned into James Young. Doesn't really matter. But the next two turned into Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Also, by the way, at that time, Kevin Garnett was 37, Paul Pierce was 35, Jason Terry was 36. I think that's the that is the trade that got Billy King fired, I believe. Had to. Had to. Mm-mm-mm. 37-year-old Kevin Garnett. 35-year-old Paul Pierce, 36-year-old Jason Terry. For Gerald Wallace, who was, I think, 30 at that time, 31. Keith Bogans, Marshawn Brooks, Chris Humphreys, and three first-round picks, two of which turned into Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, by the way, who was probably the third best player in this year's NBA Finals, and Jason Tatum, who was all NBA this year. 
All NBA first team, by the way. All this is because this whole episode is because Rudy Gobert got traded to Minnesota. Jesus Christ, bro. The Wizards. Randy Foy, bro. Randy Foy and Mike Miller, bro. Could add Steph. Steph Curry averaged damn near more points than both of them combined. It was just three, pretty much three points off them both combined. Now that I think about it, how long did Randy Foy stay on the Wizards? Oh, you could have had Steph Curry. And Randy Foy was on the Wizards for a year. Then traded to the Clippers. How long was Mike Mac Miller on the Wizards? For a year. And you could have had Steph Curry. Man, there you have it. I there I don't think there was really any cohesion to this uh podcast this episode, so I apologize for that. This was just me talking about bad trades that I remember and Rudy Gobert. So that should you should know at that point there ain't gonna be no cohesion. <laughs> Um, let me know some bad trades that y'all remember. Let me know some of the worst trades that you guys can remember that affected you guys. Cause I know to this day, I will never forget. And I know I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard fan. Cause I'm from the Maryland DC area. I, I, I stayed probably 15, 10 minutes from the wizards, uh, from Capitol. Well, it was the Verizon center at the time when I was there. Um, so I know. But I, you, they, they, they damn near lost me. You know what? No, two thousand nine. That's when I really start. You know, I'm a Wizards fan, but I follow players. <laughs> uh, like I was always a Gilbert Arenas fan, but it was really tough being a Wizards fan. I ain't finna hold you, bro. It was. Mm. But two thousand nine, they could, they traded the fifth round pick, bro. That could have been hell. It could have even been Ricky Rubio, who would have been better than. Randy Foy and Mike Mike Miller, who only stayed for a year. Mm, mm, mm. Could ask Steph Curry. But there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I apologize if it wasn't cohesive enough for you. I'll be better. <laughs> I'll be better. Um, if you want a pop of the podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, link is in the Oh, Jesus. The link is in the description below. Go get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Uh, it looks good on you, so do what you got to do. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. I'm trying to get the algorithms going, uh, and I need you guys. Oh, shoot. James Singleton. Me and James Singleton share a birthday. Shouts out to you, James Singleton. Last in the league for how long? One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight years. Shouts out to you, bro. But yeah, I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love.
Uncle Terry. Oh, he don't be never talking about shit. Just want to take some motherfucking money and he give out good. Shit, he should've just said that give my motherfucking number where he is. Shit. <laughs> Ho, stop trying to argue with me. You ain't done, just say that. Trying to book because I ain't paid. If you're broke, just say that. Just say that. In this songs, you got Anna, just say this. Just you say don't this. really want no smoke, you a cokehead, just say this. Just say this. done, just say this. Six million ass hoe with that caked up ass makeup. I ain't trying to fuck that hoe. Nah. I got rich flavors, bands busting out my clothes. I got GG on Louis V. I don't care if that shit goes. Ho, stop trying to argue with me. You ain't done, just say that. Trying to book, cause I ain't paid. If you're broke, just say that. Hey, stop sneak this in this songs. You got Anna, just say that. Just you don't really want no smoke. You a cokehead, just say that. Just say it.